This is the Christian Life Center podcast. Here at CLC, we are messengers of hope, where we believe in taking God's message of hope everywhere we go to everyone we meet. From wherever you are, be encouraged by this week's message. So good to have you today. Hey, we've got a special uh, part of the program for you, and that is we've got a panel of guys, and we're going to be uh, just asking some questions. We're going to get real real, and uh, we're going to just begin to dive into their lives. You know, many of us have been fighting, we all know as a society, through COVID-19. They call it this pandemic, and uh, we're wearing masks everywhere we go, at least here in South Florida. It's something that we're very, very aware of. But the problem and the thing that we want to deal with today is a greater, I believe, pandemic than the pandemic that we're facing in this virus of COVID-19, and that's the pandemic of fatherhood. You see, there is a battle against the father in our society. In fact, there's a lot of problems, a lot of brokenness in America right now, and we can blame a lot of things, but I believe the thing that it comes back to the most is that is the role of the father. If we can fix this, and if we can get this right in the church, I believe that we're going to begin to see a change, not only in the church, but in society. And today we want to talk to you about what does it mean to be a godly father? What does it mean to be a godly husband? What does it mean to be a godly man in society today? And we've got a lot of great questions that we're going to begin uh, to unpack today. We want you to walk away with a few thoughts today, and that is what does it mean to be a Christ-like man? Christ-like. That's what we are first, is we're Christ-like over our ethnicities, over uh, our socioeconomic situations. We are Christ followers. And what does it mean to be Christ-like? What does it mean to be men of character? We want to help you to walk as God has called you to walk, to be faithful husbands, responsible fathers, to be men of God that know God and make God known, especially to your family, and men of courage. Courage is not the absence of fear. It's moving in spite of fear. And that's what we want to help you uh, to be today. My co-host today is going to be Bence Raphael. So good to have you, Bence. Bence is our... Go ahead, say good morning. I cut you off. Good morning, good morning. Bence is our men's director here at Christian Life Center. Bence got three children, uh, 27, 15 and 14. That's right. Right? 15 and, 14. 15 and 14. His daughter was dancing on the stage just a moment ago. And probably, for those that don't know, Bence is married to Pastor Nadine. And, uh, and, and so it's so good to have Bence with us today. Bence, you're going to start us off uh, and jump us right into this. I will. I will. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Thank good morning. you. So first question goes to Mike. Mike has one child. A year old? 21 months. 21 months. Oh, almost two years. Almost two years. And Mike has been coming to this church for about 18 years now. Yes, sir. And he's a, a, a faithful servant of the church. I've been working, I worked with him in several, several different areas over the years, right? Yes, sir. All right. Um, so the first question for you, Mike, when you hear the terminology biblical manhood, what does it mean to you? It means to me, um, it's a man who applies biblical principles to his life, leading his family, and uh, biblical principles in regards to uh, leading properly, being a fierce t- a warrior, being a fierce defender, provider. Uh, uh, obviously, it's uh, the, the pastor of the house, the priest of the home, but also being a loving, a loving 
priest over his family. Mm-hmm. That's what it means to me. Amen. Amen. So it's, it's, it's living out godly principles within the household. Amen. Amen. Yes, Amen. Amen. Hey, Robert, we want to introduce you. Robert's been in our church about four uh, years. Robert has two grown children, around 30, 32, 31 years old. And Robert, what comes to your mind when you hear the word biblical manhood or being a spiritual man, a godly man? What comes to your mind? Um, A man that is uh, spiritually mature, a man that is spiritually confident, a a purpose-driven man, a man that uh, whatever God entrusts in his hand to respect and care and love that. A man that is, uh, is dutiful. A, a, a man that uh, encourages. A man that is, is of, uh, let's say, intentionality. A man that is uh, accountable. Amen. Wow, there's a lot of good stuff there. I hope that you're jotting down some of these things, some, some really good stuff. You know, we, uh, as we begin to talk about, I, I love that you said purposeful, a purpose-driven, one with intentionality, uh, such a good, good thought. And one of the things that, Mike, you mentioned is building this foundation in the home. I mean, it'll be this priest, this covering uh, for the home. And so I want to, I kind of want to take it there for a few moments and talk about building this foundation of faith in the home and the responsibility that we have as fathers. So Carl, I'm going to turn to you. Carl is uh, uh, the youngest on our team, maybe here uh, up on the panel, newly married about three years, been in our church about seven years, right? And uh, no children yet, but uh, him and and Amanda, great leaders in our church. Uh, Carl, I'm going to turn this question over to you. What has been the most challenging thing for you when it comes to developing your faith? What's been the most challenging? Yeah, for me, the most uh, challenging thing has just been my personal time spent with God. It's always that, you know, getting in the routine of having that routine on a daily, you know, just um, being in the presence of God. And, and through the challenge, it's great, you know, being married to my beautiful wife, Amanda, where she encourages me, you know, not necessarily condemn me, but encourage me to, hey, did you pray today? Did you spend time in your words? So that's been a big challenge, but God has also just been placing on my heart the importance of that as far as being able to cover your home, being able to cover your wife, your family, you know, my siblings, you know, challenges will come, but God will always give us a way to overcome and as long as we continuously just seeking him, seeking him for the answers and the guidance to get through this life. I think we can all probably identify that just keeping our spiritual life fresh you know, keeping, uh, keep pressing into the river of life, getting a new life every day is probably one of the greatest challenges. I think another challenge that comes to my mind, and I'm going to throw the ball to you, Kanata, on this one. Kanata is married to Amanda. They're the directors of our young adult ministry here, have two uh, elementary age going into uh, middle school uh, children. So I'm going to throw the ball over there because probably one of the greatest, greatest challenges as a father, and especially a young father, is how do you instill faith into the family. And I I just want to ask you, what are some of the greatest challenges you're finding in passing faith to your children? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, If anyone has been on social media, you see TikTok or Facebook, you're starting to see, um, or during the COVID era, you see a lot of parents dancing and doing these things with their children, just looking absolutely ridiculous. We did the same thing. I and did it's, it too. <laughs> right. And it was a result of, you know, what I'm going to talk about. Social media. 
just media in general, you know, feeds so much information into our children. You know, and my kids being the age of 10, my beautiful daughter Zoe, my son, six years old, Zion, love TikTok, YouTube, they go on that stuff. So I have to compete and combat the images, the messages, the communications that they are um, dealing with, you know, because at such a young age, it's very important that I kind of garner and uh, make sure I protect them from certain things. But, you know, we live in an age where these things just slip out, you know? So for me, um, I've, you know, taken the, the hat as we're supposed to as men and, and just as parents to make sure that I'm instilling the first idea of whatever it is that they're looking at. So whenever we are crossed with this idea that something that they're looking at kind of goes against what they've believed up until this point, but it seems so real, we're very intentional on making sure that we're going back and instilling to them, this is what society may say about you, this is what society may say about this particular situation, but we don't listen to society. We listen to God, we listen to the Lord, the creators, the, 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 uh, the finisher of our faith before we go ahead and make uh, that a factual statement. So it's definitely a challenge, but it's one that if you run into it with wisdom and you go to the Father, obviously, before you um, parent your children, but you don't want to sh necessarily take them out of the world, but you want to let them know that we are of the world. I'm sorry, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. So and that's very important to, to, to relate to a six-year-old or a 10-year-old on a level they could understand. So we have to go down to their level and I can keep talking, but I'm not going to. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So you have to find ways on how to basically insulate them from the world, right? To make sure that what's happening around them is not influencing the way that they think, the way that they behave. And I would completely agree with you. I have, my kids are in high school, so it's not too far off. They, they, they're into their you know, social media and so forth. My son is into his gaming, so he has his own social network that takes place there. Mm -hmm. And they have their own way of living, but we have to teach them our way of living. Yeah. Right, so Absolutely. that when they go into this environment, whether they're in that environment, that they're not infected by that environment. Yes. But we have to teach them so much further that they go, they go and infect that and environment. And infected, absolutely. Mm -hmm. good. That's really good because sometimes as believers, we think we have to isolate our children from the things of the world. And the reality is we're in the world, but we're not to be of the world. So we're not isolated from it and we're not to imitate it. We're not to become like it, but somehow we've got to be insulated from the values of this world, the things of this world. And we've got to begin to instill into them our values, our beliefs, not just as parents, but as followers of Christ. And that's what I heard you say, you know, Kanata, is it's not just what I believe or just my values which if they're lined up to God, then they're up to God's word, but they're to help them align exactly in the values and the beliefs of, uh, you know, of the word of God and of, of, of the character of Christ. Danny, I want to go over to you because you've got young uh, toddlers. You uh, and Mike uh, probably have the youngest uh, on our panel today, uh, two and five, two, two children, and five, yes. right? You've I been in the church them. a long time. Ask Kanata. Both of you have been over 20 years uh, in the church. Uh, so Danny, I know you and your wife are really intentional. I follow you guys on social media. I see your posts. You're really intentional on imparting God's truth and God's word to your children. Tell us what you're doing. That, that's a key point, I think, where you're saying it's, it's being intentional and then it's getting to their level. 
You know, Isaac is five years old, almost five, uh, next week, so you'll see it on social media <laughs> in the next few days. But he's, uh, he's into reading, and he's into Lego blocks. And so from there, we built into the Word of God, and uh, we found a Bible that's, uh, the, the pictures of the stories are in Lego characters. And so the crucifixion is in Lego characters. Daniel and the lions is in Lego characters. So he loves, it connects with him. It's something that he, he plays with. And then at the same time, he learns the Word of God. And so with Ellie is, you know, listening to what she wants to do. She wants to dance and she wants to worship God. And so the blessing is a song that's been playing over and over in our house because she wants to sing and she wants to dance and, and that's how they connect with, with God. So we find the, uh, the, the moments and then we're intentional about it. That's and then good. we put the energy into it because sometimes I, I'm tired. <laughs> it's been a long day and Isaac runs to me and says, let's read this uh, story. And, you know, it reminds me, God will give us the, the strength to, to do what he calls us to do. So you put the effort, you put the time, and you see the fruit. You know, you, you have him join you in the noon prayer and, and have him watch and listen and be a part of it, uh, even at their own young age. Yeah. But just being a part of it, I think it, it makes an impact in their And you sent me a picture a couple weeks ago. Uh, your uh, son, I think it was, yes. was watching the noon prayer, praying with us, and you took a picture of that. That is and, right. And <laughs> uh, sent, sent that uh, to me. I think they even pointed to me and said, Jesus or something, right? Yeah. You know, oh, Lord, help me. <laughs> Danny, you brought out something that, now I have young adults, uh, uh, 19 to 20, 26. 27 years old now, uh, but when they were young, what you're talking about is something that we really strive to do as a family, and that was to have a devotion, a time of prayer, families that pray together, stay together, you know, time to pray, time to put the Word of God. We would use puppets, we would use cassette tapes, that we would use back then VeggieTales and all of these things that would just tell Bible stories and get them. We used what was called Dan and Louie. Google it. It was one of the f best things ever for our children. Dan and Louie, uh, phenomenal for them, learning the word. And I would be in another room and I'd hear Jonathan laughing because Dan with his little puppet Louie were telling a story on the cassette tape. I'm dating myself. And Jonathan would start laughing about it. But what was happening was the stories of the Bible and the principles that go with the story was coming into their heart. Yeah. And just to add into that, Superbook is something that I grew up watching. And so now they have a new version of it, and it's free on YouTube. So you can, as a parent, this is a resource that you have available. You can jump into YouTube and put it on your smart TV and let them watch it, and they, they just engage with it. So good, so good. Well, I love your wife and yourselves, intentionality. Uh, Vince, you're our men's director, and I know we spent a lot of time together talking throughout the years. We were a couple weeks ago just together uh, talking about this as well. You have a passion to see men get connected because you really believe that that's a key and a secret. So I want to shift gears and I want to move to that uh, at this time. So like you were saying, I believe sincerely um, that men relationships is absolutely a key component to faith, right? We require each other's relationship. We, we require each other's company to help us to continue to grow with one another, to help one another when we're in times of difficulty, that I'm there when I'm, you're there when I'm down and I'm there when you're down, right? So that helps us to continue to grow. So I want to ask this question of, of Carl. What have been some of the um, relationships in your life that has impacted you the most? 
Oh man, I've had some great relationships. Without him, I wouldn't even be here today. One of them is Ben's. You know, this is Ben's being much older than me. I've got to see. Not that much older. <laughs> you know, much older. <laughs> he's, he's got me about about 50 years. You know, no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. But uh, like Ben's, I've, I've been it able happens. to see him. One day we wake up and we're old, Ben's. I mean, just... <laughs> but I've been able to see him be a, a husband, a, a, a father, and so many things, a leader in his church. You know, I have Kanata right here that's always been there from day one I came into these guys so many guys Trejo to Mike Mike was actually the one that actually did my a part of my premarital counseling as well as Ben Ben's and Nadine did the our premarital counseling and these guys have always been able to encourage and to inspire and one thing that I find is like whenever I'm battling with something whether it's a temptation or whatever it may be I'm accountable to these guys so when I when I'm thinking that man I'm about to go off track I gotta think about not only how much I'm gonna hurt my family but how much I'm gonna hurt these guys that's been a part of my life and that has instilled so much to help me to become the husband that I am and continuously to help me to do that. And for Kevin, I mentioned in the first service, when I had my identity issues of finding myself, Kevin really just broke it down and was like, hey, Carl, this is not a race. You're, this is a marathon. You're just fighting to stay in this faith. You're not trying to outdo God or anything, but you're just fighting. So I'm so thankful and I know I can count on these guys for anything, so. Wow, Amen. that's so good. So, so you, you mentioned something that was very key um, about accountability. And we were just having, we were actually just having a conversation upstairs, you, Mike, and I, um, about having accountability. And we talked about the story of, of David and Nathan, right, where David was, was, was deep into sin, you know, with adultery and murder and so forth. And it took Nathan to come and tell him what he was doing. And that's what we need around us, right? We need other men around us to point out, hey, what you just said wasn't right, or the way you just said that wasn't right. You know, we need that around us, because sometimes we're blind to our own activities, and we need somebody from the outside looking in to kind of help us to see what we don't see. But when we don't have that friendship, those relationships around us, then we lose that component of, 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 you know, of friendship and walking into this faith. Because once again, we're not meant to do this on our own. We need each other to be able to, to walk out this, this faith. Amen? That's really good. Hey, Robert, let me jump over to you. What and who, I should say, was the, you know, the most impactful in your life? I would say my, my father. Uh, he was a great dad. But uh, at times he would encourage us to go to church, but this guy would never go to church himself. You know, but... Uh, and, and he used, just like he would watch over, over us and, and encourage us to go to church, uh, I think at the, at the end, before he, before he passed, he, he, uh, he was a great influence. And, and the influence that he was, not knowing that he was watching my life and, and the life that I was leading then, and that led him to Christ, you know? To the, to the point that when he passed, uh, and, and um, at, at work, people would, you know, write, you know, their condolences and a card and stuff like that. And I remember one, one, um, one of my coworkers wrote, your dad must have been an amazing man to produce such a character like you. And, and, and today, my son, his mother would say to him, say to him, you're just like your father. 
So it, it, trickles, it, trickles, it trickles down, the, the influence, the impact from my father. That's good. Coming down. It's a, That's it's really a good. Very good impact. That's really good. You know, one of the things, and Kanata, I'm going to jump over to you on this one. You know, one of the things that we know, and, and we talk about it uh, a lot, and Carl mentioned it a moment ago as well, is that in relationship is the need for accountability, but also vulnerability. You know, and if we're not vulnerable, if we're not willing to, to open up and get close. I mean, we as men know if we're getting stiff-armed, uh, use a metaphor, by another man. You know, if, if, you know, we're starting to get a little, you know, vulnerable. Hey, you know, it's more than the superficial mass, but we're, we're getting, you know, we're, we're getting uh, closer in relationship. If we start to stiff arm someone, push them away, they're, they're going to get the hint and they're going to drift. And, and Bench, you said one of the things that we need in relationships is those that are with us. They're walking there with us. We know that uh, we're accountable and, you know, and, and that accountability is not a word to be afraid of. It's more of our closing prayer to encourage, to build up. That's the accountability is to encourage one another, inspire one another, walk with one another to help crystallize our thinking and our perspective. Let's just be honest, we're in the world and sometimes we can take on the values of the world and the perceptions and the thoughts of the world and it's when we get with godly men that we crystallize our thinking back to biblical principles. So Kanata, I'm gonna jump over to you is what have you found to be the benefit of having relationships? Oh man, for me, it's, it's, it's everything, you know. I'm the product of a single parent family. My mom, you know, raised us uh, and my dad was out of the picture. We've recently uh, reconnected in the last, you know, 10 years or so. Um, but I say all that to say for me growing up, my, I was raised, I always say this, I was raised by my friends. Um, so they played a key role in, in, in the man I would become. So it was very important for me. And I, I, I don't know how I learned this other than the, the grace of Jesus. I always aligned myself with people um, that I could be accountable to and people that were doing things outside of themselves, you know, doing things that were greater than just their own selfish lives. And that has um, pretty much changed everything because I, I usually have this saying, and Ben have, have, has heard me say it, um, where I say like, you know, uh, water hasn't touched my eyes since I left the pool or, you know, meaning I don't cry. You know, just to be a tough guy. And there's lies that uh, men have believed. We've been sold these lies about who we're supposed to be as a man. You know, we're supposed to be able to make it on our own. We're supposed to be able to go through anything and stand tall without shedding a tear. And that's absolutely foolishness. And when you have accountability between a brother and you're vulnerable with them enough to let them know your deepest, darkest secrets in some cases, and obviously there's some wisdom there with the, the person that you're telling that to, but when you have that with a godly man, there's nothing like it. You know, they can speak life into what you feel like is death. And I'll take it a step further. We're talking about fatherhood today, and the people I surround myself with, should something happen to me, are the ones I would want to step up the mantle. That's good. In raising my children. So I have to surround myself with people that think the way that I think about the Lord. And that's something that men don't think about because it's, you know, we do this in a selfish way, picking our relationships, but if we think about our relationships benefiting not only us, but our families, 
um, you know, but our legacy and, and you know, our, our growth in Jesus, I think it would change the dynamics of how we think about friendships and just relationships in general. So it's a big thing. It's one of the really most good. important things. You know, um, we, we talk about vulnerability and so forth. We're gonna get a little personal, right? Kanata's one of my best friends that, uh, up here. I mean, my kids call him uncle. Actually, he's the godfather of my daughter that was dancing here this morning. Did you see my goddaughter dancing? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and, you know, obviously Kanata and I have a very close friendship, but in order for us to be able to develop that friendship, it took the sacrifice of time we were able to be vulnerable with one another. We were able to be accountable to one another. But in order for that to happen, we have to invest. Right? We have to be able to invest that time in to, to build up that relationship because it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen within a week. It takes time for that relationship to take place. And in order for that to happen, you have to be intentional about it. And you have to be able to be, um, again, the main thing I'm trying to say here is that you're going to have to sacrifice some time. You have to be able to sacrifice some time to spend with one another so that you can get to know one another, so that you can know, is this someone I can trust with my kids? Yeah. Is this someone I can trust? If something were to happen to me, I know that he can step up and like you said, take up that mantle for my kids. And that is so important to have. And, and we, have to, we have to emulate that more within the church than it's happening outside the church. Yeah. You know, you know, Jesus so much focused on our unity and us looking out for each other and so forth. And I say this all the time, Sunday morning service is not where that happens, right? It happens outside these walls. Yep. Church doesn't begin and end on Sunday morning. Sunday morning we come, we get the learning, we teach, we, I mean we learn, and we take that learning and we use it throughout the week. And one of that um, teaching is that is the unity that we must have, and that unity has to take place in us spending time with one another, eating with one another, going into each other's homes, speaking to one another, just getting to know each other on a much deeper level than that surface, hey, how are you doing? It has to be so much deeper than that. And I could, and the reason why I'm spending so much time here is because I grew up, I never had friends. I didn't trust anybody. You know what I'm saying? I kept, I stiff-armed everybody because that was my safe zone. Matter of fact, Kanata said I stepped on them a little bit, right? Yep, yep. I broke that <laughs> arm, though. Got closer. <laughs> so I, I see the difference between not having friends and having friends. And life is much better when you have people that you could depend on. That's so good. It, it, it's, a, it's a major, major difference. You know, like Carl was speaking here. Carl, I consider him one of, my, one of my good friends as well, one of my best friends as well. Again, the way that happens that we spend time with each other. Used to be at my house until 1 o'clock in the morning, just hanging out. 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> just hanging out, getting to, getting to know one another. And that's what needs to happen in order for us to have true, true friendship, true godly friendship. Find other men that think like us, that act like us, and it's all the line, like you said, that all the lines with God, God's principles. That's really good. And there's a scripture that we all know that goes along with that. I want to read that, Ben. It's Ecclesiastes 4 and verse 9. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up, but pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. And I guarantee there are some that are, that are watching today that are part of this service that you don't have deep relationships. If you're in an accident, you don't know who would come and visit you. You don't know who would make that phone call or who would text you when you're absent or gone for a few weeks. And you've been saying, well, they're not doing it for me. 
Well, we used to say, if you want a friend, be a friend. If, you know, if you need it in your life, begin to sow what you need and watch what will come back to you. And the best way to do that is to get connected. And we want to help you to get connected. We're going to be starting on Monday night very soon, uh, some discussion groups where questions like these are going to be continuing. And we just want to invite you to be a part of that. Vince, how would they get connected to one of those discussion groups? What are you guys doing? So we're, we're planning on having some um, online discussions. Either um, We don't have all the details yet, but via Zoom or, or some other platform similar to that. And you'll be able to go on the uh, on-site, CLCFTL, um, just go, is that the site? Am I CLCFTL, right? and then um, uh, you and I don't know the web address, but. That's not good, that's not good. <laughs> but uh, we will get it out there and yes. you will know. Yes, so you, you will have the opportunity. I to, caught you there. Yes, you did, yeah. thank, you, thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> but you will have the opportunity. Um, we will send out some messages for you to be able to connect with us. Again, you can't be best friends with everyone, but you can connect to these groups yeah. and find someone that you can connect with on a certain level to be that friend that we all need. And we do have a life group form on the website that'll help you to get connected and just say men's group, and that information will get over uh, to Ben. Hey, I wanna shift to the next question. Mike, I'm gonna shoot over uh, to you, uh, and we, we wanna just start to talk about spiritual leadership in the home and what does that mean to you and how are you striving to be a spiritual leader in the home? For me, what that means to me is to be the priest of the house and to lead my home, to pray with my wife, to pray with and for my wife and child. But before I do that, I need to be making sure that I am in line with God myself before I can even cover my wife and child. Um, for instance, uh, you know, because we read the word together, we pray together. Um, just the other day, actually, my like pastor said, uh, Layla, my daughter, she's 21 months old, and she saw my Bible, picked it up, and said, Dada, Bible. Wow. I was like, oh, man, that got me. So I've sat down with her, and I read it with her, you know, and because she knows that's who we are. I'm instilling that from such a young age, and she knows what we are going to be standing for, and she's going to be a rock star when it comes to her faith in Christ. And uh, So bouncing off of that, Danny, let's pop over to you. You know, if you were to say, what... Uh, is the main purpose for you as a father, what would it be? That's a, that's a tough one. <laughs> I, I see God's character and how he is a father to us. And, and his role is to protect us, to provide, and, and to be the priest. I'm going to steal that from you, by the way. <laughs> but um, so I... I and, and let me, I don't want to cut you off, but the priest would take the needs of the people in this case, as godly uh, fathers and as godly husbands, uh, we take the needs of the family to God. Exactly. So that spiritual cover, so the priest. So, so in, in those words, I put myself in the same position. I need to make sure that I protect my family, mm -hmm. that I'm providing for my family, and that I'm, I'm the priest that they need, mm -hmm. and that I'm, I, along with those roles, that I'm loving them, and that I'm, I'm there for them, you know? A key point, too, is being a godly father is that you have to be there. <laughs> yeah. You have to be present with your kids. And it's hard because we're busy, you know, and, and work consumes us and the things in life consume us. But our goal is to, to make sure that we strive for those things. And my goal personally is to make sure that I can protect them. You That's know? good. And how do I protect their, their emotions, too? You know, it's not just physically, but protect, provide, and, and be a priest to them. It's That's really good. And so to bounce off of that, Kanan, I'm going to bounce right back over to you. Uh, to bounce off of that, I mean, so this is just kind of linking. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4. 
4 says, bring your children up, train them in the instructions of the Lord. So, Kanata, how are you doing that and what are you teaching your children right now? Yeah, um, one of the most recent examples is uh, yesterday, um, I... You know, we when we celebrate a, a weekend of whatever it is, Mother's Day, birthdays, Father's Days, or whatever, we always um, use it as a as a lesson tool. Uh, in this case, it came in uh, teaching selflessness versus selfishness, um, and it was a real simple thing. My son or daughter wanted to watch something, um, and I'm sitting there like I don't want to watch any more YouTube clips <laughs> of whatever they're making and satisfying noises and all this crazy stuff. I want to watch something that we want to watch as a family. They both, you know, got attitudes. So I had to sit with them and say, listen, one of the things about, and you're going to learn about as you grow about being a Christian is it's going to require you to be selfless. And here's an important lesson for you to learn right now. And just using those um, little times to um, build their character, you know, because it takes a lifetime to build character. Obviously, that's what God's doing in our lives. So you can't do it all in one setting, as frustrating as it is. You have to kind of chip away at some things that, again, the world is teaching them or showing them um, subliminally. So I had to teach them about selfishness and get down to the level where my daughter could understand, because she loves, as do I, she gets this from me, we love cupcakes. So she, you know, I said, if you have a cupcake and there's, there's two cupcakes, you ate one, there's one left, but your brother hasn't had one, but you really love the way that particular cupcake tasted, and at the beginning, he didn't want it, but now he does. It's going to take you denying yourself to be able to say, Zion, I love you so much. I'm going to sacrifice what I desire to give you what I know is going to show you love. And that's this in the form of this cupcake. So just to break it down to her level is everything. You know, just like God does to us. If he spoke to us, you know, in, in his thoughts and whatever, we would be lost. But he comes and he... he he has such a personal relationship with us that he speaks to us exactly how we need to hear it. So I try to do the same thing with my children. And it's like you said, it's it's a challenge, you know, and it'll be a challenge uh, forever, <laughs> you know, but uh, that's a challenge. I'm honored that God has instilled really and allowed me to do so. And, I, and I'm going to just kind of put a phrase there. Those teachable moments are so powerful. You know, my children are young adults now, my boys. Uh, but when they were in school, one of the things that I enjoyed doing actually was taking them to school because they were a captive audience for me. And I would have different character qualities that I would try to walk, work into the conversation somehow so that we were forming biblical mindset and biblical character uh, characteristics uh, in their life. They're in this world and the world's values are just bombarding us and the little bit and the little time and the little teaching moments we get, we've got to help form them. And it's not just the church's responsibility, it's not just the youth pastors or the children's pastors, ultimately it's our responsibility as the parent, the church comes along next to the parents to do that. So I'm a firm believer that one of the main things that we do as parents is we're shaping the beliefs 
and we're shaping the values of our children. And that is constant. It's, I mean, it's never ending. And just when we, we're, we're getting tired of it, they might just be getting it and then they resist it and we've got to just keep doing it. And now I'm finding the conversation as young adults and Robert, you might be able to identify with this as they're getting older. Now I'm looking for teachable moments when they're wanting the teachable moment. Now, mama's another story. She'll throw the teachable moment whenever she wants to. But daddy's looking for the moment to let it be a teachable moment where we can shape character, shape beliefs, shape values, help them to know God, help them to have a clear view of God. One of the biggest things about this pandemic of fatherhood is we haven't helped our children have a good concept of who God is and to know God and to understand what they believe and why uh, they uh, believe it. So, Kanata, that's really, uh, really, really good, and I appreciate you uh, mentioning uh, that. Vince, what are you teaching your children right now? You've got high schoolers. High school. I mean, the selfishness doesn't go away. <laughs> it still goes on in high school. So, uh, I mean, just like you said, I, 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 I always look for, I think you, you and Kanata said it already, those opportunities for us to kind of teach them godly principles so that they don't behave the way that they see is going on in school and what they see that's going on online and so forth. But I look for opportunities, you know, in their interactions, like you just mentioned, um, how they treat one another. I'm, I'm big on honoring one another, you know, um, respecting one another, showing love to one another, being patient with one another. I mean, these are the things I always look for, um, those opportunities for, and they give me plenty of opportunities, by the way. Um, in, in, <laughs> in their interactions and so forth. But it's, it's, it's always there, I, you know, my advice, and I think, you know, again, to what Kanata what Kana was saying is that you're just looking for those opportunities. I'm not necessarily preaching to them, because if I preach to them, they're going to, they're gonna, you know, phase out if I'm preaching them. But I look for opportunities to say, hey, in this situation, the way that you behave, how do you think you behaved in that situation? And they'll come back to me and say, well, do you think that was right? And if they say, yeah, it was right, that's the way I felt like doing it. Well, is that the way God would want us to behave? And then, so now they have to, now you see the wheels turning in their head, like, oh yeah, maybe you're right, you know, kind of a deal. And then, you know, again, like you said, it's not a one-time thing, it's, a, it's an ongoing thing. I gotta have the same conversation over and over again. And God has to have the same conversation with us over and over again as well. It's true. You know, so it's not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not just them. So we're just working them through the process as we're working through the process to continuously help them to grow to be those godly men and women that we're training them to be. So good. So good. Carl, I want to throw the next question towards you. Let me set it up, you know, for us is, um, you know, they, they say for a man, one of the most, um, uh, or, or let me say it another way, the greatest need for a man is usually this feeling of significance, you know, to feel like we're making a difference, that our life counts, it's meaningful, we're having an impact, even in the questions we phrased today, right? It, it comes at that core of significance. And therefore, the world is driving men, and it's an ambition that men are running. They call it the rat race, but it's, a, it's running towards ambition. It's running towards this feeling of uh, significance, the money we have, the prestige, all of, all of these things. So the question I'm going to, to throw at you is what have you personally discovered are inappropriate ways to find significance in life? Mm -hmm. Oh, man. 
<laughs> there's so many. Um, I think just as a young man growing up, a lot of times it's projected that the more experiences that you have with women, the more of a man that you are. And I, I learned, luckily early on, that that is so much of a lie, because one of the things that I try to live by, and, and Benz, you love to say this a lot too, is the two greatest commandments. Love your God with all your heart, and love your neighbor as yourself. So I'm thinking to myself, if I love the women that's in my life and I love the women around me, why would I devalue or see another woman as less? So if I want somebody to treat my sister with the utmost respect, I must do the same thing. And that's the God's way is to always treat each other with respect and value. So I just learned very early on that that was a false way of identifying yourself as a man. That doesn't make you any a man at all. It actually just keeps you as a little boy feeling that that's how you gain significance. It's good, it's good. Vince, I'll let you take us to the next question. Next question, so. Um, so we're, we're fathers, we have work, you know, we have wives and so forth. And so life can get pretty busy, right? Where you have all of these responsibilities coming at you and so forth. How do you begin to find time to continuously grow this personal relationship with, with Christ? And Danny, you're looking at me, so I'm going to look back at you. <laughs> no, no, I was looking at Pastor Tom. <laughs> you know, one of the things that I do, and I go back to, there's, there's a verse I, I tell my mom too all the time. We, we talked every day. So you, you parents, you dads, call your moms too, okay? <laughs> uh, but it's that God multiplies our, our strength, our energy, you know? And the Bible says that the one that has little strength, God is going to multiply it. And the one that has no stre strength at all, God is going to give him strength from what they don't have, you know? And so as a, as a dad, I mean, there's days that I'm, I'm wasted. My brain is done, you know? I may not be working outside all day, but my brain is done and I come down because I'm home right now. And they want to play, and they want to, and they want to do things. And so it's just having the will and knowing that God is going to multiply the, the the refreshment time later on, and that you're there for them. And then you take advantage of those little moments to to instill in them the word of God, you know, and to teach him the word of God. Isaac is into wearing his uh, jerseys all the time. You know, big soccer fan. Who got him into that? He, I don't know. You know, <laughs> it must be Shannon. <laughs> but he he loves them, and so. In his devotionals at night, there's one devotional that talks about uh, wearing uh, kindness as you wear your clothing. And so we talk about the uniform and how he, he, he preps for the game and he's representing the game. And so in the same way, he can wear kindness into, into his day and make sure that he applies it to his sister who is younger and who may want the same toy that he wants, but he needs to be able to, uh, to be kind to her. So those are some of the things that we are doing at home. That's good. Now, Robert, your children, sorry, Vince, your, your children are grown, uh, 30, 31, 32 years old, two of them. Uh, you know, in that question, looking back now, the busyness of life, you're very involved in ministry. I mean, if I were to go through everything you're involved in, looking back now, how did you maintain, you know, a personal uh, intimacy with God and walk with God in the busyness of life? I, I think you have to prioritize and know what's, what, what's your priority and try to schedule you know, everything around your priority. Work and uh, spend time with family, you know, spend time with, with, with your children. 
spend time with taking your son to the soccer game, your daughter to the dance class, and all, all these stuff. Plus, you gotta have some time with your wife, right? So you, got, you have to prioritize. And just uh, at the same time, you have to have a family time with God together. That's and, good. And, and, and That's good. by yourself, have time, some time with God also. Very good. Yeah. So, so what do we say to the men, what to the, you know, to the individual that says, I'm just too busy. I just don't have enough time. It's something that we always say, and that is, you know, in anything, you know, you make priorities, I'm sorry, you shift priorities for whatever is important to you. So you make it a priority, no matter what you have going on. If this is a priority, just like going out and making money is, just like working out might be, just like a whole bunch of other things, if your relationship with God is a priority, then you'll make time for it. Because if you understand that it retrospectively holds everything you're doing together and gives you the balance that you're trying to spend and gives you the energy and all the things and the resourcefulness to do these things, then you know it comes from the Lord anyway, so you might as well plug into the source that gives you the energy and the, and the capacity to do all these things. You know, firsthand, I, I have to plug into the Lord because we have so many things going on all the time, just like all you guys, you know, we need to. It's good, Danny, jump in. One of the things is that it's a walk with God, you know, and so you don't leave God alone and, and you go on your walk. Oh, that's good. You walk with God, so you take God to work, yeah. you know, and you're about to go into a meeting and, and you pray, that's you good. know, and you have one minute and you talk to God and you, and you put whatever you're doing, you bring it to the Lord, whatever stress comes with it, you bring it to the Lord. And, and so you continue to walk your life with God. Mike, I'm gonna go to you. Vince is gonna ask you the question. I wanna set it up though is, um, you know, I want you to, in a nutshell, just share a little bit of your history when it came to debt, what you did to get out of debt and what it's done for you now. And Brent's is gonna lead into a question after that. Go ahead. Well, what happened to me is I obviously loved uh, spending money and I got myself into a lot of debt. And uh, I've spent now actually 10 years, this December will be 10 years being debt free. But what happened was I, I found Dave Ramsey on the radio and I listened to him. Thank you. It's glory to God, believe me, it wasn't me. And I thank God for it. And I thank God that he's allowed me to go through that process because it was hurt, it was painful. It really almost broke me because when you absolutely are broke and you are in debt, it's crushing. So, and what I want to say to you, if you're in that position, you know, God can meet you where you are and he can bring you to the point where you will be debt free eventually. But what I did is I, uh, as I followed Dave Ramsey's steps, I went through the uh, financial peace and I actually ended up teaching financial peace a number of times, even uh, here. And um, it's been amazing to see hope being restored to individuals and, and to see the, the light come back in their life being out of debt. And I think the Dave Ramsey program right now is being offered for free online by the Dave Ramsey organization. And we've taught that here. We use principles of that here. And uh, can I ask you, uh, you know, what are you, are you comfortable sharing? I mean, what, what was the, the specifics for you? How much debt? What happened? Uh, it was, uh, I think, in 07, 2007, I was driving. I'm still a driver. I'm a truck driver by trade. Um, and uh, I was around just shy of $50,000 in debt. That might not, might not seem like a lot to a lot of people, but that was a lot to me at the it's time. a lot to me too. Uh, you know, so it, it took me three and a half years to get out of debt. And uh, when I did, it was uh, December 17th, 2010. 
And I remember it was an amazing feeling being free, not being a slave to, to death bondage. It was amazing. Amen. And now I can, you know, use God's the resources God has given me to build wealth, get out of, you know, get out of debt, build wealth, uh, give money. I can give to charities. I can do whatever I want now. That's I mean, great. not whatever. I mean, I'm not a multimillionaire, <laughs> but, but anyways, it's, uh, it's just an amazing, it's an amazing uh, experience being out of debt. Debt being freedom, right? It's, it gives you freedom. Absolutely. You know, I can testify to what, um, what Mike is saying, because Mike is the one that introduced me to Dave Ramsey. He had me come over to his house. Like, how long did that last? A month and a half, two months? I was at your house. I think the original was 13, 12 weeks. Twelve weeks. So 12 about three months. I, you know, I'm going over to his house. He's teaching me the principles of Dave Ramsey. I'm working through it right now. Like he's saying, being debt free is freedom. Just going through the process of going through, I'm um, getting debt free is freedom. When you have a plan to get out of it. It just, it just get, it lifts off a weight off your shoulder just for you to see the end goal in mind that I will be out of debt by this particular time. So like um, Pastor Tom was saying, if you have the opportunity to, to do it, I think he was sharing with us that it's free at this time. It, the- I think it is free at the moment, but it's very cheap if he's already uh, re, you know, implemented the cost. But right. during COVID, uh, the Dave Ramsey organization was giving the program for free online for like 30 days. Nice. So if you have the opportunity to do it, absolutely do it. Debt, being debt free is truly freedom because it gives you the opportunity, like you said, it gives you the opportunity to be able to help others that are in need. Because if you're in debt, it's difficult for you to help others that are in need. So it gives you the freedom to do things and, and to truly um, help out when, when you can. And so that kind of that leads me to the next question for you, Mike, is that with your finances, with newfound freedom, with your newfound freedom, how do you honor God with your, um, with your finances? Well, obviously, Malachi 3.10, I bring my tithes to the storehouse. I honor God in that. And I also use a budget. I know it's very practical, but just a budget. A budget, a budget is telling your money where to go instead of wondering where it went. You know, it's not hard. It's not rocket science, but it's... It is hard in a sense that it's you, you know, your 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 emotions, and that you know you want you want what you want, but you have to be selfless, like Kanata said earlier. It's it's very difficult to be that disciplined, but it can be done. And I know as men, I know especially when it comes to finances and men, a lot of times we're very we're very prideful, and we're very we don't want to open up to a lot of people or anybody maybe. So, but if you're there, there's no shame in in, in starting where you are, but start wherever you are. It's okay. I can do it. You can do it. So good. Definitely doable. Absolutely doable. So good. Okay, last question. I want a quick answer for everybody. Then I've got a few things I want to share with you right here at the end. Not to be morbid, but what would you want on your tombstone? I'm going to die. One day, we all will. But what do you want on your tombstone? Wow, that was quick. Wow, that was quick. That's it. Life is short. Life wow, is short. Wow, that was quick. <laughs> life, um, wow, life is quick. Wow, life was quick. That's good. All right, come on. Uh, my name? <laughs> what my name? No, I'm just kidding. I'll say legacy. Legacy for sure. Legacy. That's something behind where my kids could carry on. So just the word legacy. My name and legacy. <laughs> 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 Not to be over spiritual, <laughs> but the Bible says uh, a righteous man walks in integrity and his children are blessed. And so if I can accomplish that, 
Amen. Uh, you know, you can write it all, all, all day long in there. That's good. <laughs> can I copy yours? Can I use that one? Absolutely. Too? Proverbs 20, That's good. verse 2, I think it is. Man seven. of integrity. <laughs> That's good. Robert? What matters, to talk it or to live it? Okay. All right, good. Kanata? Uh, man, so, so many things. Like, obviously, I want to live a blameless life. I want to be blameless before the Lord. But I guess at the end of my life, I would like it to say, no regrets, no excuses. That's good. That's good. That's good. Can I use both of theirs? Can I do use them? Yeah. Use them. You know, for me, maybe he made a difference. You know, no regret, no excuses. For you out there, I'd encourage you think about that because the way you're living now, Robert said it earlier, it requires purpose. It requires you to be intentional. Intentional living is going to lead you to where you want to be and what you want God to do in and through your life. There's too many that are drifting in life. They don't have intentionality in life. And I don't want you to go another year, another five or another 10 and look back and yeah, five or 10 years have gone. But if you were honest, your life is the same. Live a life of intentionality. And we want to help you to do that. On our website, uh, we have uh, put together uh, the resolution. Now, the resolution comes from the movie Courageous. And if you've not watched the movie Courageous, I'd encourage you to watch that movie. Maybe watch it as a family. If you're married, have children, watch the movie Courageous. It's such a good movie for men to begin to think about what matters most. And at the end of the movie, there's a resolution that the men make a commitment to. We've decided. We started passing this out a number of years ago. We don't need to rewrite it. We don't need to get fancy and make our own. It's so good the way it is that we've made it available for you. And we encourage you, maybe get it, put it in a frame, hang it, make it smaller, put it on your desk, put it somewhere that you're going to see it on a regular basis. And this is why there's about 20 different statements, resolutions that you'd be making as a man. Those statements become prompters, prompters to live the way God would want you to live, to be a godly father, husband, uh, to be a servant leader in your church and in our community. And when you see these different statements, it becomes a prompter, it becomes a prayer, it becomes a reminder to say, God, that's what I need to do. That's how I need to live. That's the kind of man you want me to be. So we've made this available for you on our website. Now the website, clcftl.org forward slash Father's Day, Father's Day. And on there, we've also put some other resources. We put some resources that will help you uh, if you've got uh, small children. For those of you that are parents, there'll be some resources that'll help you uh, just um, in many different ways. Our kids department has begun uh, to put that together and will continue to put it together so we can partner with you. Danny, you mentioned earlier doing Bible uh, devotions and uh, prayer time with our children in a way that is meaningful to them and impacts them. And we have a resource that we'd like to uh, recommend to you. We haven't produced it. We get nothing back from it, but we found it to be a excellent resource for you as parents to do devotions with your family. You heard some suggestions we mentioned earlier that'll also help, but this one, now I may not be, you may not be able to see it in the fanciness of the, of the cover, but it's called the Fire Bible for Kids. The Fire Bible for Kids enables you to walk through scripture with pictures and things that'll help you to explain to the children, to your children in ways that will help them to understand not only 
the stories of the Bible, but the principles of God's word. So we highly recommend that you pick up the Fire Bible. And if you're not connected to a small group, a life group, or you want to get involved in one of the discussion groups that are going to be happening on Monday nights in the next several weeks, you can go to the website, the life group uh, tab there, or have a form that you can fill out, and we'll be uh, letting you then have information about the groups that are coming. Vince, we're going to have a word of prayer over our men. But before we do, I want to say to our single moms, we have many of you that are single moms. You're here, you're watching today, and you're saying, Pastor, I'm carrying that responsibility, and I'm carrying it by myself. And we want you to know that, first of all, we're praying for you. Our heart beats with you, and, and we, uh, we know the pain, we know the struggle. We can't even, many of us, even imagine the weight that you're carrying. And today, on a day like this, I know this may be a difficult day, and we want you to know that we, first of all, are not just praying for you just as a statement, but we want to stand with you. And I want to encourage you to do something. I want you to make a commitment as a single mom to make sure that you get your children connected to the children's and the youth program of our church. And the reason is, is because we've got men just like these, all scattered through our children's department and our youth department, where they can be a mentor, they can be a spiritual influence into the life of your children. What I've learned a long time ago as a parent is I need other voices in my children's life more than just my voice. My voice is an important voice. My mom or their mom's voice is an important voice into their life, but they need other voices and they need men that can speak into them, to encourage them, can mentor them, kind of kind of, you know, be that spiritual father, so to speak, that can walk along with them. But it takes your commitment to make it possible for them to be in that kind of environment. And we want you to know that we're standing with you. We're praying with you. We want to do everything that we can to help encourage you as a single mom. If this ministry is making an impact in your life, why not help us make an impact on the lives of others by partnering with us today? You can give through our CLC app or at clcftl.org forward slash give. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe for more inspiring messages like this. Now go and be messengers of hope.